1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, day, area. Misha
2: Dimitruk. Essex Mortgage Branch Manager and Senior Loan Originator, NMLS 694427. As always, joining you to bring you what's new and happening in real estate lending, tips and tricks on how to navigate the process, and hopefully some new ways of thinking about your real estate goals and how to achieve them. If you have questions or if you need help with a scenario, If you are hearing buzz and not sure how to get the right answer to the questions that are posed in your mind, 831-435-0385. You can email Nisha, M-E-S-H-A, at EssexMortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Now, there's a great show for you today. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting topics and changes and shifts throughout the industry. Um, but I first want to address last week's challenge I had, which was buying outside the bay and I had a a lot of really mixed reviews on this. Some people calling in and saying, you know, that they, they would never leave and that they would love to have more strategy on how to stay. And other people saying they really want to understand the benefit of moving outside and how much farther their dollar goes and that when they start looking at where they can go you know, what, what are the parameters? Uh, So I had a conversation with Miguel and Miguel was talking about how he has a lot of family in the Bay area. And I explained to Miguel, my philosophy on moving and how it really affects your relationship with family is if you're more than a three hour drive and look at what it takes to be on a plane flight, because you know, more than three hours in the car makes it not really a, an up and back kind of visitation for the day, in my opinion, again, these are all my opinions. Um, but you know, looking at something that might be maybe three hours in plane flight and making that, making that spot known on the map and saying, Hey, let's look at all of the places that are within a couple of hours. And, and I encouraged him to take airport time into consideration Uh, you can get pretty, pretty far on an airplane in an hour, hour and a half ride, um, and navigating the airport for an hour or so again, it's not generally going to be an up and back in the same day, but I definitely know people who are doing it. Um, For those of you who wanted to stay and they really are looking for how to navigate the environment here and how a lot of it was people who are renters and the frustration of sellers who are all of a sudden trying to sell as the market is shifting because they see that their value is probably not going to be higher than it is now for the foreseeable future and it's thrown them into turmoil here right as the holidays begin. And for those of you, I I can tell you that I really respect the struggle that this brings to you, your families, the stress and the uncertainty. And these are one of the reasons um, why we promote homeownership, because it creates the stability for you. You create your own stability in that you're not subject to the whim of, of, um, you know, a landlord or uh, someone else who may have chosen to wait until an inopportune time to impact your life. So let's talk first about John. John had a, and I have been talking for years about buying in the Bay and, you know, as the price point went up, he was stretching his budget and stretching his budget. And he has a a few family members to take care of and his household size was growing. And it really came down to him looking at how to stabilize in this market, and what he decided was he was going to start looking in the Sierra foothills. And immediately, he had reverse sticker shock, I like to call it, where he couldn't believe the amount of house and the amount of property that he was able to acquire for dramatically less price points. This allowed him to qualify with one income between he and his spouse, and give them the financial security of knowing that should something happen to either one of their jobs, or they decide to eliminate either one of their jobs, that they are not gonna be stuck in a financial position where things are going to get tight and ugly fast. And that really was the deal sealer for them, was the financial savings, the flexibility, and the stability of being able to say, even in the unforeseen future, if something were to happen, or if we chose to make a shift about the employment between our family walls, that we would have the ability to make this payment. We have enough square footage to live and we have enough acreage to expand and do the things that we love to do. Um, And so they found for themselves a house that was a million dollars less than what they would have to spend here in the Bay Area. They are within a three hour drive from the Bay Area and they still have all of the creature comforts of California that they love. Just a price point that was much, much more appetizing. And when I tell you that they skipped out of the closing signing appointment, I'm I'm not joking, uh, hand in hand skipping to the car after that because they couldn't believe that all these years they had fought to stay and how quickly, I mean, in a matter of 11 days after we talked about looking in a different market, they were in contract on a property and, uh, and closed 27 days later. So it definitely was the stuff that dreams were made of. Now, Marianne and I had a great conversation. She has a property in San Jose that she just sold. She just closed at the end of October and she sold for $300,000 over list price. She was worried about selling her house, thinking that the market had already completely shifted and that there was no way she was going to sell quickly or above list price. She did in fact sell both quickly and well above list price Um, and the, the conversation with her listing agent was really about pricing aggressively not pricing it way above. Which some sellers are sort of holding to in this market, but really just pricing appropriately for the market to be competitive and she turned around and made a purchase in Florida she paid cash for that House. She has cash over again to buy a second home up in the uh, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan where her family vacations for the summer. She plans to be the snowbird that travels between the North and South, depending on the weather. And she still has plenty of money left over from her sale in order to live comfortably, maintain her properties and uh, live out her retirement in a manner that is something that she actually had dreamed of. She was worried as she stayed here for the last few years in the beginnings of her retirement that she was going to lose all of her money trying to stay. So the concept for these people was the benefit of leaving and the benefit that they found by looking outside the immediate market that they had been in. One who had been in this market and benefited from holding onto that property for 39 years. The other who had shopped diligently for years and years on end and had felt defeated by the process and immediately found what they were looking for just in a different location than they thought they were going to find it. So for those of you who are looking to make a shift and maybe struggling with whether or not you're leaving the area or struggling with the concept of what that would mean for you, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about what your goals are. Let's talk about the reasons behind why you're looking to make a purchase or why you're looking to relocate and then we can back into the monetary aspect of it and go over the financing piece and how that's able to sure up your financial futures and give you that peace of mind that I really want everyone to have when they put their head on the pillow at night. So um, for anyone else who has questions on this, please don't hesitate to give me a call. I, I promise it, my time is, is for you and if I can help you get to a place of comfort or decision making processes uh, faster and easier with information that helps you, I'm grateful for the opportunity. In today's glossary term in the mortgage industry, we're gonna talk about closing costs. Now, closing costs are real estate transaction related fees. Uh, They're payable by the buyer and the seller during the closing, and they cover a wide variety of expenses. Um, There's title insurance, and that is a specific type of insurance that rides with the property that says, these are the legal descriptions of your property These are the parameters of the property. Um, This is who owns it on paper. This is who has a loan against it on paper. Uh, And that ensures that the information is correct and accurate. And the title insurance is both for the lender, if you have a loan on the property, and also for you as an owner. Uh, There are origination fees. Those are loan fees associated with taking out the loan along with title fees. And there's escrow. Escrow is the neutral third party that handles all of the paperwork and all of the money that changes hands in a real estate transaction. Additionally, there are government fees, recording costs, and uh, if it's a refinance, there's an affordable housing fee. You will also pay prepaid items. And these are things that you pay in advance, although at the closing, you pay them in advance of when they are actually due. Now, Closing costs can be paid by the buyer or the seller and or can be paid by an interested third party. So there's a lot of buzz out there about the 3 two, one or 2-1 buy down. This is a process where your interest rate is 3% below your note rate in the first year, 2% in the second year, 1% in the third year, and then you have note rate from there going forward in a 3-2-1 buy down. So your interest rate gets Higher over time. In that particular set of circumstances, even a realtor can contribute to the 321 buy down and the costs there. In that, closing costs in a purchase are not directly available to be financed. They can, and often how they skirt this um, is they ask for a seller credit. Now, in previous markets, we were seeing when someone needed a seller credit. Maybe they have their down payment, but they just don't have enough money for their closing costs in order to get to a specific price point. We were seeing that sellers were able to offer buyers a closing cost credit if they offered up in purchase price. Effectively, they offered a higher price in order to get that money back in seller credit. So they were financing in a roundabout way, but you can't directly roll that into the loan amount in a purchase scenario but seller credit does allow that to happen. With the shift in market and the value that we are seeing out there, we're seeing a lot of sellers, instead of taking a twenty dollars or $30,000 price reduction, they are offering a twenty dollars or $30,000 seller credit. This is a great opportunity for buyers to use the seller's money to buy down their interest rate and offset their closing costs. If this is being offered on a property that you are looking at, please have a conversation with your originator. Have a conversation with your tax preparer and understand the benefits that this offers you. It's absolutely a win-win for you. And particularly in these times without having to offer higher in price in order to get it, I have clients that are out there shopping solely with properties that are offering seller credits in order to make it the most affordable for them. So again, if you have questions about your closing costs, uh, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out to me even if you are already in a transaction. The closing costs need to be relayed to you within three days of a live application through the loan estimate if you have a traditional conventional loan. Um, in that, that's going to be an estimated breakdown with rounded numbers of all of the categories in which you could be charged in a transaction. When you proceed further into the contract and you get to a position where the appraisal is likely received, if there's one being done on the property or a specific point in in the transaction, you will get something called a closing disclosure. The closing disclosure, the signing and receipt of that, requires a mandatory three-day wait to sign your loan documents. But the closing disclosure is the same format as the loan estimate, only those figures are to the penny. And uh, it will uh, assess any credits that are applied for the contract on the closing disclosure so you get a more accurate idea of what it is you're bringing to the table. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a few. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha.
1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right. Thank you for joining us again. Well, today we're going to talk about the elephant in the booth, and that is fear and the Fed rate hike. Now, As many of you know, the Fed Reserve raised interest rates again last week. Uh, sort of an unprecedented, and that word is sort of nauseating as we come around three years of using that in different forms. But uh, as they try to stave off inflation, they continue to elevate the prime lending rate. Now, the prime lending rate is not directly the mortgage lending rate. It's the rate with which banks borrow their money at, um, this time a month ago the prime lending rate was at 3.25 and this time around out at the moment we are at four solid four um, percent now you will see the wall street journal promotes the prime rate at seven percent and they are directly speaking to the lending in real estate environment and what's the a prime rate as meaning premier rate that would be available in real estate. Um, When it comes to the things that are affected by the prime lending rate, we're talking about not just mortgage interest rates, which is a trend that the mortgage rates are following, but directly home equity lines of credit, credit cards, auto loans. Uh, And so again, it speaks to the amount of rate that is charged to the banks when they borrow money in order to lend it to you. And in turn, they add a margin to it. So with mortgage rates rising and essentially every interest rate of borrowed funds costing more, there's definitely a perception in the market of concern, particularly when it comes to larger purchases such as real estate. Now, when it comes to the housing market, the fear that I'm hearing that people are talking about is really that the values are starting to come down. We are seeing what I'm calling a course correction. It's not a crash, folks. We were on a huge upward projection that, obviously, in my professional opinion, needed to have some sort of leveling. It needed to slow down at some point, uh, fueled by low interest rates, and also fueled by, you know, the pandemic cost of people recognizing the value of home and home ownership and the ability to um, have control over their own environment. So all of these things sort of made a perfect storm to elevate prices while rates were low. Now that rates have gotten higher, we are definitely seeing people pulling back on transactions, pulling out of transactions because they just don't feel like the interest rate supports their financial goals and they're concerned that their property's value might not be with them in the future. So I'm going to speak specifically to that because this is something that is, I think, really important for people to be educated on across the board. Your property only has value twice, ever. The rest is just perception. The value points you have are when you buy and when you sell. Again, everything else is perception. If you find a property that is your forever home and you enjoy the house and it fits your needs and it creates the financial stability that you are seeking, then whatever the online calculators are saying about your value today, tomorrow, next week, doesn't impact you. If you have a a a fixed rate loan, and B, it's where you're living, because that's where you're going to live. And you don't need to have a value point that you continue to touch base on, because you're continuing to make that payment and move forward living in that house. The people who are impacted by rates moving up and values moving down are people who bought with higher interest rates, people who had hoped to refinance uh, in short periods of time, having gained market appreciation and get rid of say their mortgage insurance, or restructure their financing in some capacity. Maybe they didn't put money down and they wanna get rid of that high interest rate second. Maybe they, um, they just need to do some work to the property, but they don't have the cash to do it. They were hoping to tap into the home's equity. And as the values start to turn in the market, that value is not something that they're going to be able to extract equity in the form of cash up for. Now, that doesn't mean that your property is a bad investment. If your property provides you shelter, financial stability, and meets all of your physical needs, then that's the benefit all in and of itself. In addition to that, real estate is a long-term investment strategy. I know everyone has watched the house flipping shows on TV, and it shows you do a couple of minor projects, and they show 30, 40 people running around in the background, and it looks like it happens over a weekend, and the next thing you know, someone sells for a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 more than what they paid for it. While that's possible, and while that's still happening in the market, I have clients that are still working through renovation projects right now, the reality is homeownership is long-term. And as long as you have long-term goals in mind, your value over the long haul is going to rise. And that's going to be something that you're going to see. Even the people who are buying right now at what we consider a higher end of the market, prices may dip down, but over time, they will surpass their buying point. But many, many people have concern about what happens to them when their value fluctuates throughout market perception. If you don't have to change your financing and you don't have to leave your house for any reason, as far as selling, then that fluctuation doesn't have any negative impact on you. It is just market perception. So in the downturn of 08 and 09, we had a lot of people who had adjustable rate loans. And we had a lot of people who did not have the understanding of the long-term goal of homeownership. And they panicked. They sold their houses because the value that they were seeing online was not in line with what A, they either paid when they bought it, B, was lower than what they wanted it to be, or C, they were worried that their house would not turn out to be what it was valued at when they bought over time And for every single client that I spoke with who left their home voluntarily and either did a deed in lieu, which is where they turned it over, or foreclosure, they regret that immensely because that house, over time, increased in value. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a few.
1: It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right, Bay Area. We have Daniel with us here to talk about what's happening in the real estate environment Daniel how are you today?
3: Doing great Misha how are you?
2: I am doing well thanks Daniel. Daniel please remind everybody who you are and what you do.
3: Yes I am from Coldwell Banker Realty on the San Francisco Peninsula and I've been selling homes for 15 years. Love what I do and getting it done.
2: Wonderful. Now Daniel you just had a fantastic open house weekend at your new listing in San Carlos. Tell us
3: How did it go? Thank you, Misha. Yes, believe it or not, I had 65 groups on Saturday and about 37 groups on Sunday. It was amazing, the best open house I've had probably for the last three years, if you ask me. And um, it was was all about pricing because we priced it, Mm -hmm. you know, a little under market value to get a great little frenzy going on. And that's what Mm -hmm. did it, in my opinion.
2: That is great to hear Now, because I know in conversation with lots of other realtors over the last many months, uh, having buyers or potential buyers come through and home open houses, the numbers have been very down. And uh, so definitely the trend here is people looking to um, have a new home for the holidays. Would you say?
3: I would say so. I think people understand where the market is and, um, you know, are trying to be realistic with today's interest rates and they're going to open houses and they're realizing that they should just get in and not be on the fence right. and uh right. make it happen you know that's what i'm noticing i think there's a, still a lot of fire activity out there um, from what i saw this past weekend people are motivated
2: right i i think you know it, it's really twofold i think people are recognizing that you know the benefits of the long term hold uh, and the temporary state of interest rates uh, for those that are seasoned buyers i i know for the younger buyers it's definitely more challenging for them to see these larger numbers in interest rate and and not get very upset that feeling like they missed the boat feeling defeated um but for a seasoned buyers or for you know the older generations these numbers aren't but they're not that wildly high. And they've seen the market fluctuate in these ways before, and they know the Bay Area is the strongest value retention market in the nation. What would you tell buyers out there right now who are showing up to these open houses and see, feeling that pressure to really get their foot in the door now?
3: Yeah, um, thank you, Misha. I would tell them to go ahead and make your offer, especially if there's no offer date and the offers are first come, first serve, go for it. Because even though the open house may have 100 people in there, and if you're the only offer, the seller is super motivated, it's likely the seller may take your offer or give you a very reasonable counter, in my humble opinion. I would go for it and not wait, you know, and just worry about refinancing later when interest rates drop. Right, and it that's it. A- capture, capture that home, you know
2: that is definitely uh, you know something to to really highlight here that negotiation is coming back into play whereas you know the last couple of years it there really hasn't needed to be a whole lot of negotiation If if a seller didn't like the price they would scoff at it and walk away and now i'm hearing from my realtor partners that you know that there's there is more coming together and there is more back and forth in order to make something work for both parties and it's really what our industry is based on. It, it's not yes or no. It's how do we make this work for everybody? Wouldn't you say?
3: I would, yes.
2: Fantastic. Now, Daniel, what would you say to the sellers out there? I mean, you know, your San Carlos clients are obviously elated to have you working on their benefit of sale right now, but there's definitely sellers who are scrambling. What would you tell them?
3: Yes. I would tell them to trust your agent who you hired and, you know, once they show you the data, if they suggest going in at a certain price, please trust them because I know it can Mm -hmm. be challenging to look at what the internet may show or, you know, six months ago on the stats and what happened last year. But uh, today is a completely different market and just list it a little lower and trust the process. It It will work.
2: Right. 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 So buyers go. Don't hold back. Sellers, listen. Follow the advice of your professionals. Excellent information there, Daniel. Daniel, remind everybody how to get in touch with you.
3: Absolutely. My cell phone is best, 408-761-2883, or my alternate number is 650-385-8747.
2: Fantastic. As always, Daniel, it's such a pleasure to have you and your expertise on the show. We look forward to having you again. Please update us when you start getting these offers on your San Carlos property, and uh, we want to hear your seller's success story.
3: I sure will. Definitely.
2: All right. Have a good day, Daniel. You too. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that is the type of information that hopefully is a boom for buyers and sellers. For the sellers that are worried that there's no traffic, that you know their, their houses are not getting looked at, I promise you that they are. Um, we are seeing a little bit more of a flurry of interest. And realistically, I think it's a very challenging time right now when it comes to all aspects of the real estate environment, but uh, the long-term benefits are really still there to be had. We are going to take a brief break and we'll be back in a few moments you're listening to Mortgage Matters with Misha.
1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert Misha Dimitra.
2: As I've said many times over this course of this show, this industry is always in flux and it is one of the things I love about it and it's one of the things that genuinely makes it difficult for people to be part of this industry without it being a full-time experience for them. And we are seeing as times are getting tougher and the numbers of loan applications are less, we're seeing more and more people leaving the industry. Those who maybe were newer to the industry, those who really only preferred to do very, um, we call them cookie cutter or vanilla deals that that didn't require much creativity. But what we are seeing is that the changes that are happening um, amongst different loan types is widespread. And so we have to really be on the, the cutting edge of our educational Tip here in order to make sure that we know what's happening with the different products that are available to our clients. Uh, specifically today, I wanna talk with you about reverse mortgage. Now, reverse mortgage is for senior citizens who wish to stay in their properties and avoid a mortgage payment on a monthly basis. The interest accrues on the property and the objective of those reverse mortgages was to keep seniors living in their homes without depleting their financial opportunities by avoiding that mortgage payment, still paying taxes and insurance and still maintaining the home. Reverse mortgage used to have a shelf life of five to seven years, and investors would happily um, take part in buying up those reverse mortgages because they knew there was a, a short period of time in investing, but they could count on that five to seven years of bringing in those types of loans and realizing profit from it. Because of interest rates changing so quickly, and um, the shelf life of a re- reverse mortgage is now something more in line with two years. And investors are starting to realize loss as opposed to profit when it comes to reverse mortgage. They're not carrying those loans long enough to gain any appreciation on the, uh, the value, the total increasing value of the loan balance. And so it's causing a problem in that, just like in forward mortgage, investors are not buying these loans as readily as they had before. Now, one of the other predicaments that's going to come into play when it comes to uh, reverse mortgage is that values are starting to dip. For those people who are taking out reverse mortgages right now or have taken higher interest rate reverse mortgages, the reality that they will seek to refinance as soon as they financially are able to do so is there and that it deeper impacts the market that, um, you know, that you're going to be seeing for reverse mortgage, but value coming down is going to play a bigger role in reverse mortgage than previously had thought. Um, and that's really about the, the slowdown in the market. Comparable sales are still what drives value in an appraisal and comparable sales are like properties, bedroom, bathroom count, square footage, type of construction and location can come into play here. So that value piece, as that market shifts and the comparables in that market shift when prices aren't as high as they used to be, when there aren't as many sales, then those numbers can start to come down. And it's not necessarily that the market is crashing, it's just that the market is slowing. And when things slow down, people don't, scramble to put in a higher price on a property that they are looking to purchase and that that lack of competition is going to afford a buyer a better buy-in price and sellers to slow the growth of prices that they were asking for their properties how this is going to affect all people refinancing is that those prices are not going to continue to elevate in the rapid manner that they have over the last few years which allowed a lot of people maybe two, three years ago to get their foot in the door with a limited or no money down loan option and refinance in a short period of time, having utilized those elevated price comparable sales. With the reverse of that happening right now, value starting to come down. And in some markets, we're starting to see slowdowns in buying. This is typically the fourth quarter for the last, I would say five years has been the busiest quarter of, of the entire year. I know a lot of people say the summer is the selling season, but realistically it was fourth quarter for a, a lot of the mass past few years. This time around, we're still seeing numbers moving. We're still seeing people buying and selling, but the numbers are just less and interest rates play into that. The economy plays into that, the stock market where a lot of people from the Bay Area were housing their funds in order to make an acquisition in the first place. so. Reverse mortgage is going to be impacted. And I think we're going to start seeing some pulling back of reverse mortgage options in the marketplace. And really that's going to come into play for people who have larger mortgages or who have less equity than others. For those people who have a bigger equity position, they definitely are still in the opportunities to take out a reverse mortgage. So don't be afraid to try that out. It's based on the zip code of the property, the date of birth of the applicants, and they will will be able to determine what the maximum loan amount available for you is. There are some other flexible options when it comes to reverse mortgage, but again, with investors being a little bit shy about what it is that's coming for them in the foreseeable future, we may see some changes in reverse mortgage for people, again, who have higher loan balances or need some more creative structuring for that. If you need help, if you need to understand what the benefits of reverse mortgage are for you. If you want to have a better understanding of the reverse mortgage you have or when you're eligible to refinance that reverse mortgage, please give me a call. 831 435 is my phone number. Again, I answer my phone. This is my phone number that I'm giving you for those of you who are surprised when I do answer. And you can email me Misha, M-E-S-H-A, at ethnicmortgage.com. We are going to take a break and come back with this
1: week's challenge. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, my favorite part of the show, the weekly challenge. This challenge is for you, our listeners, and for you to share with me how what I'm posing on this show benefits you, bothers you, uh, you know, contributes to your life in whatever capacity. I want to hear from you and I'm open to all of your phone calls. So um, this week's challenge is for the buyers out there in the market and I want you to know your ceiling and I want you to have your pre-approval in place. I want you to use that seller credit. A few tips for the buyers out there. As always, go for the formal, fully underwritten pre-approval. Underwriting is the uh, additional step that is taken to ensure that all of your documentation and your application align and that your qualifications meet the rules of the loan. This is beyond what your loan originator is putting together but another person who looks at it to make sure that everything is being viewed correctly. Underwriting is slow right now and the ability for you to get your pre-approval fully underwritten is always available to you at no cost. So please make sure you're going about getting that extra step done. Make sure that the loan originator you're working with is actually looking at the documents that you are providing. Make sure you do not move money. Please do not move money between your own accounts. Don't move money from your spouse or your partner's account. Don't move money that's gift funds. Don't deposit random amounts of cash. Don't move money, period. Every penny that comes into play has to be documented and explained and sourced all the way to its origin. If you have money that's sitting in a safe, if you have money that's at grandma's house in the backyard, do not dig it up and go deposit it into your bank without having a conversation with your direct lender about it. Understand that there are different types of income that have different qualification factors. If you earn overtime, bonus, or commission income, those are all viewed differently. So if you recently started bonus, If you recently started getting commission or if you get a different split now and you're starting to make more money, know that we're not going to be able to just look at your most recent stub and go off of that figure. There are calculations for exactly how eligible income is determined. Please make sure you don't make big purchases. Don't go out and decide that it's Christmas or it's some sort of gifting holiday and you want to buy someone something lovely maybe even it's just yourself. Don't go out and adjust your auto financing. I can't tell you how many times I have conversations with people where we say, don't open new accounts and they say, oh, well, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I had an auto loan. I just traded that car in and took out another one with a bigger payment. That's still taking out new accounts. Don't extend new debt. Don't open new credit cards. Don't take out new installment loans. Don't adjust your paperwork. When we put together an application in this industry, it is a snapshot. And if that information changes, then we have to rework everything. And it, it's not just moving one set of figures around. We have to make sure that everything still aligns with the rules called guidelines in this industry for the loan. So please, formal pre-approval. Make sure you understand what rate you're being qualified at. Make sure that there's a buffer built into that rate. and please, please assuredly talk with your Realtor about whether or not the seller has an assumable loan. If you're bringing a large amount of money to the table, the opportunity for you to assume the seller's current loan and pay the difference in cash could save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Likewise, talk with your Realtor about asking for seller credits to make sure that you have requested. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So please ask the question if they're willing to offer a seller credit in order to help you buy down your interest rate, offset your closing cost expenses, and even in the capacity that that three two one or the two one buy down, that temporary buy down is allowed to be paid by an interested third party, which could constitute your real estate team, both the seller and the buyer coming to the table to make it uh, better for you. The buyer's agents rather and the seller's agents coming to the table to bring in some opportunity to offset the expense. All of these things are tools at your disposal as a buyer. And when you work with a professional team, they bring all of the tools in their arsenal. If you don't have a strong team, if you don't have confidence in your current team, please give me a call and let me know how the professionals here at Essex Mortgage can help you. Our job is to educate you on the opportunities. We do not make decisions for you. We do provide you with the education and information that you need in order to make informed decisions that you feel good about. It's something I absolutely live by, and I know that my associates here at Essex Mortgage also feel the same. 831-435-0385 is my cell phone number. You can call me, you can text me, you can reach out with questions that you have. M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. This show does rebroadcast uh, tomorrow on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. and Sundays from 3 to 4 if you missed any part of it. But you do have the ability to get an individual customized review of your current situation, help you plan for your future, and get answers that specifically align with what your individual criteria are at no cost so don't feel like this show is just in general it's 100 percent about you our listeners now i'm going to leave you with one final tip here i've been talking with a lot of different investors who are looking at the opportunity of how they can make the most of a downturning market we have in the marketplace now a debt service loan and this is the loan that the properties projected rents cover their own expenses a 15 percent investment property loan that only requires three months of reserves. So for investors who are looking to capture with as little money down as possible so that they can make another purchase down the road or make sure that they're not socking all of their financing liquid cash into one property to make it happen, this is definitely the opportunity for you. Likewise, for those investors in the market who have properties that have substantial amounts of equity, tap into it now. While you can get a fixed rate loan that affords you the opportunity to get that value that's still there in the market into usable cash so that you can make investment moves down the road. In every downturned market, there is an opportunity to capitalize. I want you to have everything that you need in order to make that happen for you. You've been listening to Mortgage Matters with Nisha. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Be well and stay healthy, Bay Area